have you ever received an invitation for an event and thought, what am I supposed to wear? I call this invitation anxiety, and often it sabotages and makes us dread an event before it even happens. We have all been there, especially with the new introduction of unique dress codes that leave us wondering, what does this mean? I knew that I wanted to bring clarity to this, and I was not the person to talk to it, so there was no one better than my new friend and a new friend of Gather, Allison Lumbatis. Through this conversation, we will talk through the different types of dress codes, what is expected and allowed, if you will, in each one to hopefully alleviate anxiety and give you confidence as you get dressed for your next event. Now, as we talk through this, we will also be walking through fashion and the importance of self-style and Allison's personal story with overcoming depression with just getting dressed. If you don't know Allison Lumbatis, here is a little bit more about her. Allison is an empowerment influencer, entrepreneur, and best-selling author. She's attracted an audience of millions to her Get Your Pretty On website and has served over 100,000 members through the Outfit Formula's personal styling program. A thought leader in personal style and confidence arenas, Allison empowers women and business leaders to show up as the best versions of themselves in order to make a bigger impact. She has been featured in Forbes, Business Insider, HuffPost, Yahoo Finance, Redbook, and Life and Style. This conversation is one that I know will speak to everybody, no matter who you are listening, and I am so excited to share it with you. Be sure to keep an eye on our Instagram page because coming up soon, Allison and I will actually be having a live to dive into this a little bit further, giving you options to actually see in person for each dress code and to answer your questions along the way. Welcome to Making Room, a podcast by Gather Intentional Living and Everyday Hospitality. Listen, we understand that the way that our culture often portrays hospitality is unattainable, and sometimes even just the thought of opening your door is crippling. Join us in the pursuit to bringing beauty, meaning, and celebration back to the everyday gathering. Go ahead, take your seat. We saved one just for you. Oh, hey, before this episode starts, can I ask one thing of you? Can you press pause really quickly, go to wherever you listen to podcasts, and write a written review? It means the world to us as we continue to grow our table here and want to get in front of new eyes. What it does, guys, you know the drill. It tells people that the podcast is worth listening to, that it's credible, and that there is a big audience cheering it on. So if you could just pause really quick, leave five stars and a written review, noting your favorite thing about the show and why others would love it. It, it would mean so much. Now let's get on to the conversation. Your world of style and design was birthed from a place of what you call yoga pants mom rut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this season uh, was one that came with both a lot of pain and beauty for you. Uh, talk to me about this season and what it what it took for you to notice that you needed change. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. So I, I came from a place of honestly not taking very good care of myself. I had started working from home back in 2013. I had been a telecom engineer for 14 years, which is such a departure from what I do now. But um, working from home was great at first. I was, you know, here when the kids were leaving in the morning and throwing in laundry between conference calls and doing all the things. But I noticed the one thing that wasn't happening anymore is I didn't have accountability for getting ready, for getting dressed in the morning, for getting showered and ready for the day. So I would just throw on my yoga pants and my sweatshirt, pull my hair back in the ponytail, no makeup. It's all good, right? Um, Which was great for a few months. And then I started kind of noticing 
little changes in my environment. Like I wasn't working out, even though I was putting on yoga pants. Um, (laughs) I wasn't cooking healthy meals anymore. Uh, You know, kind of reaching for the convenience foods. And I wasn't feeling as motivated at work. Mm -hmm. Didn't really have energy for date nights. Was kind of getting cranky with my husband and kids. And I couldn't really put my finger on what had changed other than saying, I'm not going into the office anymore. I don't have that time in the morning to really kind of focus on having that routine and, you know, focusing on my appearance. It was part of my self-care routine that I just was happy, happy to just pack away and not really think about anymore until I had that deeper motivation to get dressed. And I've always struggled throughout my life with high functioning depression. Yeah. And I know the red flags. I know that, you know, stopping getting dressed is part of that. Dirty dishes in the sink are part of that. Not get, making the bed, like all of these things. I have all these little red flags that pop up mm-hmm. in my environment that usually tell me, okay, you got to go back to your toolbox and figure out, you know, the things that you can do to just take one step in the right direction. So that one step in the right direction on that particular day was that I was going to get dressed the next morning. So I got up earlier before the kids, before I had to do the morning rush made time to shower, put on makeup, fixed my hair and dressed in real clothes. And I was just amazed at how much better I felt that day. Like that little crack of light started coming through the darkness. And I realized that this was something that I could commit to doing on a regular basis. And so I started blogging about it naturally. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The blog (laughs) served as that accountability partner for me though, because I just didn't have one at that time other than the way it made me feel, but mm-hmm. blogging made it that much more concrete and actionable too. Wow. Um, a few things there that I kind of wanted to pick up on the high functioning depression. I feel like when um, a few guests that I've had to talk about mental health and depression, um, we haven't talked about it in that light. Can you expand on that just a little bit? Like what high functioning depression looks like? Yeah, sure. So if a high functioning depression from the outside, most people do not know that you're depressed because you're continuing, you may have a smile on your face, chatting like normal, you're continuing all of your functions and responsibilities and duties. And from the outside looking in, no one can tell that you're feeling just this overwhelming burden of depression. You know, I've, I, it's hard to visualize it, but it's kind of like, I feel like this dark cloud is just following me everywhere that I go. And I'm not really there fully present in the moment with other people, but just kind of going through the motions. It's not the kind of depression that, you know, for instance, would keep me in bed for days or, or keep me from doing the things that I need to do yet. I'm still struggling on the inside. And I think there's another component to this too, that and, and maybe this isn't for everybody that, su- that suffers from high-functioning depression, but I would judge myself for being depressed and think, yeah. you don't have any reason to be feeling this way. Like, why are you feeling this way? And every day I would wake up with this, not only this horrible feeling of depression, but also this internal voice that's like judging that depression at the same time. So yeah. um, it was really a difficult thing, you know, like sharing with my husband saying, I feel really depressed today or sharing with others because... From the outside looking in, they're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that you were struggling with this. And and I think that a lot of you know people go through that where people just have no idea that they're struggling at this yeah. level because from the outside, it looks completely normal. Yeah. I love talking about it and kind of bringing um, words to it because I think a lot of people have like different like inklings that they suffer with some of this stuff and they don't know how to vocalize it. And so it does, I don't know, it gives permission, I guess, to talk about it and to work on it. So um, the toolbox that you talked about, I also wanted to focus on that. What were some of your tools? 
when you so some of my tools it's funny I keep a little note in my phone whenever I'm feeling that way because I find that if I have a system or framework or set of tools that I can go back to then I don't have to think my way out of this I just go oh the toolbox and I go back to that and things in my toolbox it's going to differ for every single person but this was something my therapist and I worked on too she's like you need to just have like this list that you can go to super easily whether it's you know get dressed or make the bed in the morning or these are small simple mm-hmm. things meditation or make time for prayer or do some yoga, something active, get outdoors, um, you know, go gardening, like all of the things that bring me joy and fulfillment Mm -hmm. are the things that I sometimes have to force myself to do. And also one of the things I had to realize, and this comes into play with getting dressed too, you don't have to feel it to do it. Sometimes you have to take the action first and then the feeling precedes you actually taking the action. And with yeah. my depression, that was one of the things that I learned, like, oh, I don't have to feel like working out to do it. I don't have to feel like making the bed or eating healthy or whatever, or drinking eight cups of water a day. Yeah. But if I do this, I will feel better. Yeah. Wow. This is definitely something I think I'm asking so many questions because it's also something that I personally relate to (laughs) the Mm. high functioning depression. It's a real Mm. thing, right? For so many of us doers and hosts and moms and wives and so many of us. Right. And I love that you said that, um, say it one more time. You don't have to feel it to do it. Yes. You don't feel it to do it. Yes. Yes. Sometimes just taking the action is what you need to do. And then the feeling comes after the action through, all of this learning and overcoming and refining and so many things in this season for you. Um, you created an online styling program that currently serves more than a hundred thousand members. That number is staggering. <laughs> um, and a blog that's viewed by millions. Um, tell us about how um you took kind of your first like awakening <laughs> and turned it into this business. Sure. So, you know, I started out as a blogger and for the first two years, it really wasn't a business at all. It was something where I was just sharing my journey of reinventing my wardrobe, the clothes that were in my closet. The reason I wasn't getting dressed every day was because I didn't have clothes to wear for my new lifestyle. I didn't give myself permission to start exploring what, hey, you know, I need to go out and buy new clothes. <laughs> yeah. I, I was using a lot of excuses and saying, well, I'm working from home and no one's seeing me and all the things. But at the end of the day, I realized that not taking care of myself and having clothes that worked for me that fit and flatter my body and made me feel good was actually detrimental to not just me, but everyone around me too. So I had to give myself that permission and then start rebuilding my wardrobe and sharing what I was learning through the blog. And it turned out a lot of women were kind of in that same position. They were working from home, stay-at-home moms weren't really focusing on their own appearance or getting dressed, like buying their kids real cute clothes, (laughs) which is super easy to do, but not for themselves. Um, so those first two years, I really just shared the journey, posted my photos, talked about the things that I was buying and the ways that I was intentionally filling in the gaps in my wardrobe and what I was shopping for. And I grew a pretty big audience at that point, uh, but I wasn't making money and I was still in corporate America. So I wasn't really thinking about it, but then I got the opportunity to take a severance package from my telecom job and I took it and was like, I'm going to make something of this. I'm, I'm going to wow. make this work. So I launched outfit formulas in 2014 And it was, you know, my very first capsule wardrobe building program. I went out to Mm -hmm. my readers and followers and said, if I could create a solution for you, what would it look like? (laughs) And I got so many overlaps in the responses. Women said, just give me a shopping list. Like, tell me what to go out and buy. Make it super (laughs) easy for me. I want to know what classic basics to have in my closet. They're going to work for years. And also what seasonal trends I should be adding in. 
So I thought I can do that. So I sat down and I started this list and then I took it a step further. The engineering side started coming in and I thought I want to be able to pair up each piece on this list in at least four to five different ways so that women are getting the most bang for their buck and getting a, you know, the ability to reuse these pieces. So I inadvertently created a capsule wardrobe, had no idea what that was. Again, no style background, <laughs> just engineering. Yeah. And women came to me like, oh my gosh, this is a capsule wardrobe. But when I launched it, I was, I thought, oh, I'm going to be happy if 50 women sign up and 500 signed up right out of the gate the very first time. And I realized that I could actually replace my income from, you know, my engineering job and really just kind of focus in on this and try to grow the program as, as big as it can get. And that's kind of where we're at today. It's scaled. It's It's, it's doing amazing. And it's really making a difference in the lives of women. So many have said that this makes their lives so much easier. It reduces decision fatigue. They feel confident in their clothes again. They never felt stylish. And now strangers are complimenting their outfits. I mean, it's been just an incredible blessing in so many ways. Yeah. That's a great segue into this next topic that we're going to be talking about, because we talk a lot about hospitality and invitation anxiety and confidence, like going first and inviting people in. And I feel like I've heard recently that style, like how to do your hair, your makeup, and your clothes is one of the reasons that people don't engage in hospitality which is so surprising to me, but so heartbreaking um, because as much as we want our homes to look good, we want to feel confident too, right? There's a lot of pictures being taken and all of those things, right? So um, I want to kind of break down and debunk some of the dress codes that we hear about. Now, there are some really crazy ones that my followers have said are making their ways onto invitations, but um, I want to cover the big ones. So let's um, let's kind of go through one by one. And what I would love to hear from you is kind of guys and girls, if you're comfortable with that, um, or how, do you feel comfortable focusing more on women? What's your wheelhouse? Uh, women are my wheelhouse, but I can definitely give some advice. It, it might be more blanket advice for men, but we can absolutely do that. They're easier anyways. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> <For sure>. Okay. <laughs> so let's go through one by one. And if you could just give me a few of the main like differentiators and outfit options, that would be fabulous. So let's start with, um, smart casual. This one is so confusing. <laughs> it is. Oh my gosh. This is the most confusing at all. I actually had an event last month that was smart casual. And then I got there. Thankfully I changed my mind at the last minute. Cause I was going to go more on the casual side, but when I got there, everybody was leaning toward the dressier side. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, if I had shown up and what I was going to wear, I would have felt out of place. And, yeah. and at the end of the day, I think that dress codes play so much, so much pressure on us. And we stress out over them so much because we don't want to be the one who shows up quote out of place. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, smart casual is a little bit dressier than casual jeans are usually not appropriate for this, but it is well-fitting pieces. Um, very neat, slightly less formal than business casual or business professional. Um, but there's like a little bit of a stylish twist on smart casual. Mm-hmm. So um, I love to just Google anytime I have to show up for an event. If yeah. there's a dress code, I will Google images and kind of go through all of them and think, number one, do I have anything in my closet that works for this? Because I don't mm-hmm. necessarily like shopping for event attire because I feel like it's something that can be a one and done item. And I like to get more use out of pieces than that. So yes. For smart casual, you're going to look at pieces like blazers um, for women, sports jackets for men. Mm-hmm. Men can also do ties with, with smart casual. Button-down shirts for both sexes, collared shirts. Dresses are great. You can do sweaters, trousers, khakis, skirts, um, blouses, heels, flats, dress shoes. 
clean sneakers actually work for smart casual mm-hmm. because men, I don't know if you've noticed this trend in menswear, but men are wearing sneakers with their suits now. It's, it's wow. a huge thing. Like I, I kind of like this trend myself. It's, it's, it, um, it has like a modern or fresh approach to casual. Um, but yeah, just accessorize with your jewelry, your belts, your scarves, you can do all kinds of fun things with it, but that one's probably one of the trickier ones. And there's a lot of leeway within that space to play around. Um, but I would just say, remember the rule of no jeans for smart casual. Nice. I like that. I just Googled as we're talking sneakers with suits because I haven't been in settings where I've seen suits worn in a very long time. (laughs) I like it on TV. I see a lot of sports casters. They have on these really nice suits and then they have on these like really funky sneakers with them. So, oh yeah, I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it shows a lot of personality. It does. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're moving from smart casual to business casual. Mm. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So a lot of us are familiar with business casual. You know, this was the dress code when I worked in a, in a corporate office environment, but it's really traditional business attire, but you have a few little relaxed tweaks here and there with this. For example, you're going to do, you know, your khaki pants or slacks with a blouse or polo, but without a tie for men. Um, again, no jeans in this, unless you're in a work setting where you do casual Fridays. And of course those are completely appropriate, but dressed up jeans can be okay. In some settings, you just need to know the rules in advance. For me, I feel very comfortable in a pair of dressed up jeans. If I have a pair of dark washed or black jeans and wear it with a blouse and heels, that feels entirely appropriate for me. But again, you have to kind of read the room on this one. Um, So some examples of business casual clothing are going to be pencil skirts, which used to be my go-to. I had my outfit formula for work was a pencil skirt, a blouse, and a pair of heels every single day. It was foolproof. It always worked. (laughs) Um, But you can do khakis, trousers, blouses, collared shirts, button downs, basically a lot of the same things as smart casual. It's just a little slightly skewed more professional than smart casual is, whereas smart casual is skewed a little bit more stylish, if that makes sense. Ah, okay. Yeah, I could see that. I don't currently have a pencil skirt, but man, they're flattering. They are so flattering. Yes, I love them. <laughs> Reminder to all of us. I'll say. <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say? Lost my train of thought there, but let's move on to, okay, regular business. Is that still a thing? Just business is, attire? You know, it is. You know, the funny thing about style is if you look back to the, from like the fifties to today, mm-hmm. our style has become so much more casual, so much more relaxed. And then the pandemic came and it took it a notch further with casual attire, athleisure, all of that. I think we're, we're starting to see the pendulum swing back slightly now that people are going back into offices, but um, business professional, I would say is not as much of a thing right now. Um, maybe in like some sales positions or attorneys, there are professions that lean this way a little bit more. Um, accounting, banking, finance, government, and law. Those are all places where you're going to see more pro- professional clothes, but they're mainly in more conservative settings. They're going to be really well fitted and maybe even tailored to fit you specifically. Mm. So we're talking things like um, neat and tidy dresses, slacks and skirts, dark colored suits and ties. These are things we're not going to see in creative professions for the most part. People yeah. in those professions take liberties with their clothing. I would say more smart casual for creative professions. But, um, you know, the button down shirts and blouses with blazers. Um, you're going to see heels, loafers and flats for the shoes and minimal accessories um, with, ah. with business professional too. Ah, I like that note. Minimal. Okay. Minimal accessories. Um, Mm -hmm. have you seen the show younger? 
I have. Yes. Hillary Duff. Okay. Yeah. Diana, the marketing yes. person. She that's a, I would consider that a business professional kind of atmosphere, but she right. comes, I mean, she's so out of place, but she comes in with those like crazy necklaces and headbands. It's like, Oh, Diana, take a note here. <laughs> you missed the memo. <laughs> I thought of her right away. <laughs> she's bringing her creative spin to it. Obviously. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, okay. Let's talk cocktail. Yes. Let's, this is a great time of year to co- talk cocktail because I feel like a lot of women are getting invitations to weddings and it says cocktail is higher. And they're like, okay, what does this mean? Like, what am I supposed to wear here? Um, so cocktail is going to be the balance between the formal and the casual. Um, for, for instance, I said weddings are a place with this dress code and men, they have it easy with this because they're typically just going to wear a suit and tie. Women are going to do cocktail dresses, which a cocktail dress really should kind of like bridge the gap between day and night. Uh, it's not going to be super fancy. You're not going to have like the elegant, longer type of gowns. It's still an occasion for dressing up, but not, you know, full length gowns. So this is going to merge the silhouette of garden party dress, which is shorter with fabric and embellishments of the formal gown, which is a little bit more elegant. So you're just kind of riding, <laughs> riding the pine between the two, um, so to say. And this is going to be, you know, sophisticated formal occasion or an office or party wear is where you're mainly going to see cocktail attire. That's so helpful. Say that about the dress one more time. So you're mixing the, go ahead. You, the uh, you're going to be mixing the silhouette of the garden party dress mm-hmm. along with fabric and embellishments of a formal gown. Now I do want to add that LBD and little black dress is perfectly appropriate for this as well. Mm-hmm. If it's a daytime wedding, probably not so much, but I think you can still get away with it, but something toward evening, you know, wear your best LBD with your heels or dressy flats, some nice earrings and a clutch, and you're going to be a hundred percent of the time on par. So don't worry about it. Don't, don't overthink this one. <laughs> that's so quotable for that attire. Like, I feel like it's really memorable. So I'm glad we said that twice. That was, yes. It's really good. Um, okay. Formal. Let's go to formal or black tie. Yeah. Formal. So we don't see a whole lot of this, but it is reserved for the most formal settings, like special dinners and awards ceremonies, um, benefits, Uh, you know, other important evening events. This is where you're also going to see sometimes black tie and formal are going to be the same thing. Um, It's, it's really reserved to maintain professionalism in the environment. So this is going to be for men, dark pants suits for women as well. You could pull that off dark suits and ties, black suits with light button down shirts, a skirt suit or a suit dress. In some cases, this is where your long evening dress might be appropriate for this. Um, shoe options are going to be, you know, formal flats, n- really nice heels, Oxford or loafers for guys. And you can accessorize with jewelry or you can go, you know, the cufflinks. This is a, this is a time where you can go a little bit over top with the accessories, especially if it's a formal enough event that you're wearing a gown for it. Hmm. If any of you have an event to invite me to that's formal, <laughs> I would love to come. <laughs> I have have you been Thank to you. a formal event recently where you've had to dress like in a ball gown? I have not. No, it's been a very long time. Even some of the benefits dinners that I've gone to recently have been just really kind of super casual or they've had a yeah. theme for people to follow instead of doing just the full on black tie formal event. Yeah. I want like Met Gala. I want like, yeah. oh, that'd be so fun. <laughs> I mean, talk about like feeling your best self. I feel like you come alive in a new way when you're dressed in formal attire. Absolutely. That's- 
Yeah. I love it. Um, another one that was kind of sent into us, I think it was called Tennessee casual and you're from Tennessee, right? Have you ever heard I'm of from that? Texas, but no, oh, okay. I'm not, I'm not aware of this. Okay. And I Googled it. I like, couldn't find it, but this person received an invitation and it said Tennessee casual. And so I asked the audience and they were like, it's like jean shorts and cowboy boots or something like that. Okay. But I think the point that I'm trying to make there is I think. I think we try to come up with these creative dress codes and they actually give more anxiety that like they're more anxiety producing than they are helpful um, because they're not, they're not direct. So I would say encouragement to the host, include a dress code always, like as much as you can, as much as it's appropriate. If you want to be creative, give like a definition or some guidelines for people to follow. (laughs) Right. 100%. I completely agree. It is very stressful whenever it's a little bit too loose where you can't kind of, kind of can't figure it out entirely, but absolutely give as much guideline and guidance as possible. I'm from the shoreline in Connecticut. So on the water and people use coastal a lot. And I've had this conversation coastal could mean like a bikini top and shorts, or it could mean like a beautiful beach dress. <laughs> and so I think it's important to give as many notes as you can. For sure. Um, so with this, uh, something that you're passionate about, like we quickly mentioned before is teaching people how to create a capsule wardrobe. Um, I've heard about this just because I am on Instagram way too much, but (laughs) I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't know about it. Um, talk to me about what a capsule wardrobe is. Yeah. So a capsule wardrobe is, it's actually a term that was coined by a boutique owner back in the 1960s. And she put together this collection of, I want to say it was like 10 to 12 pieces that you could mix and match and wear in different ways. So really, it comes from a minimalist space of owning less clothing and also being able to wear them in multiple ways and pair up the pieces that you do have. So whenever I create capsule wardrobes, I take it a step further because I do like to include seasonal trends. So I have programs that will help women, whether you're just starting out and completely rebuilding your entire wardrobe, you'll start with the closet staples program, which is going to help you get the pieces in your closet that you're going to wear year round. Then my seasonal programs, which we launch every quarter are really just focusing on those seasonal pieces. So a traditional capsule wardrobe usually doesn't take into account seasonal trends. So that's a little bit of a twist that I put on it with alpha formulas is I want you to keep those basics that you have feeling fresh, feeling new, and just kind of add in the new pieces as you see fit. You don't have to reinvent your wardrobe every season or go out and spend a bunch of money to look and feel good in your clothes, but it is kind of fun to add in the new seasonal patterns, prints, colors, all those good things. Yeah. As I was thinking about a capsule wardrobe, what I recommend for hosts as they're kind of outfitting their kitchen, I guess, for lack of better words, is to use neutrals as much as you can. So almost like those basic pieces and then get like the floral seasonal napkins or things that are less expensive and you can replace easier. So I always bring it back to hospitality, but it's almost like (laughs) the kitchen version of a capsule wardrobe. (laughs) I love it. And that that concept applies to so many things. You know, whenever we bought furniture, for instance, I just went with all neutral basics because now I can swap out my throw pillows, my you know, my throw blankets, maybe we'll do faux fur in the winter months and then take it out and bring in something lighter and airier in the summer months. But if you start with those basics in place, then it's so much easier to just, you know, affordably update things on a seasonal basis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's nothing more fun than those like super trendy anthropology couches and stuff like that. Right. But (laughs) replacing them every year is not sustainable. So, (laughs) so (laughs) 
Um, okay. So we have touched on this just a little bit, but I would love to hear um, a few more tips if you have them. So what would you say to the person that feels limited with fashion and outfits, um, due to finances? Yes. This is my wheelhouse (laughs) for sure. Okay. Yes. 100%. I really wanted to create a program that would help to democratize personal style because let's face it, most, most moms, and that's really my demographic. Most women are not going to be in a position where they can go out and spend $150 an hour to work with a personal stylist every season, have them come in and style a few outfits from their closet, take them shopping for a day. It's just not reasonable. So I wanted something that would work for every woman. And what do I, what I allow women to do is shop where they want and spend as much or as little as they want. Most women shop their closets first because there are a lot of basics on my list, like a pair of black jeans. If you have that, then you check it off your shopping list. You don't have to buy it. Um, also we have women who shop in thrift stores. We have women who shop everywhere from Walmart up to Neiman's. It's like, it works for every budget in that space. But I do like to encourage women to number one, start with cleaning out your closet because we don't wear 80% of what's in our closets at any given time. So once you get rid of that 80%, then you can really just kind of focus in, okay, on this 20% that you're actually wearing, what do I need to add here? Do I even need to add anything? Am I happy with these pieces? Or is it time for me to update my denim or my t-shirts? Or do I need a few new pairs of shoes? You can't accurately assess that unless you clean out and get rid of the stuff that you're not wearing. Plus it's going to cut down on that decision fatigue that we talked about earlier, because your brain walks into your closet, you walk into the closet and it's like, what fits, what doesn't fit, what's on season, what's off season. Like once you basically just curate that down into a manageable amount, it's going to make everything easier. Um, I cleaned out my makeup drawer this weekend and I got to tell you, it was life changing just to get rid of all of that old makeup. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the only stuff that I'm using. But so many of us do that. We hold on to things thinking we're going to need them or use them out of sight, out of mind. You just put it somewhere else if you don't want to fully get rid of it. But Focus on what you have and then rebuild on what you actually need and curate your closet over time. I always tell women, if it's not a heck yes, it's a no, because if you bring it home and you're not in love with it, it's going to be hanging in there with the tags on it six months from now, or you're just going to wear it one time and that's going to be it. So don't be afraid to take your time with this process and really find clothes that you absolutely love, not just clothes that you're trying to check off something on a list to make sure that Mm -hmm. you have. I love that. It's so funny. I had a conversation going into the spring. I was like, my husband's name is Colby. I was like, Colby, I have no spring clothes. And he's like, look at your closet. It's full. But that's the thing. I really don't like or wear most of what's in there right now. So I think mm. maybe that's what I need to do. Show him how limited it is. When I get- and nothing to wear. We, <laughs> yeah, we yeah, all yeah. have that problem. <laughs> um, I happened to interview a decluttering expert before you. And one of her tips is as you're getting rid of stuff, um, especially in bulk, like a lot, um, is to sell them and then use that money towards your future goal. And so mm-hmm. I'm thinking of people going through their closet right now. We probably have nice wearable pieces. We just don't like them. So to consign them, put them on Poshmark and then use that for your spring wardrobe. It's so smart. Yeah. Isn't that I smart? It. I love that tip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So you have developed, um, incredible resources for the person looking to hone in on their own personal style or expand, um, their skills and knowledge on crafting outfits. Um, what, what are you particularly proud of, um, recently? Like, what are you most passionate about in this season? What resource? Yeah. So I I would have to say that, as far as my, as far as my programs are concerned or yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Anything that you're like developing or working on that you're 
particularly proud of? Yeah. So I'm helping women figure out their personal style now. And I feel like this was kind of one of those elements, kind of the missing piece in the puzzle, because I'm telling them, here's your shopping list. Here are the pieces. You can go out and buy this. You can adapt it to work for, you know, your body shape, for your budget. And I really wanted to bring in that personal style piece because a lot of women who come into the program tell me, I don't know my personal style. I've never figured it out. And for me, I didn't really figure out my personal style until I was like in my late thirties and I started experimenting with things. So um, I've been developing more resources around that. And one of the easiest things that you can do t- totally free, go onto Pinterest today, pin without really thinking about it, 25 to 50 looks that speak to you. Mm-hmm. You can search by season. If you want to, you can search by activity, whatever you want to search by, or you can just do a blanket search on women's outfits. Mm-hmm. And what this is going to do is it's going to give you some, some little clues about your personal style. So go through your pin board after you're done with this. If you want to do this with a friend, I think it's really helpful because sometimes we can't see the forest for the trees with our own. Um, we can't get that clarity on our own pin boards, but having a friend look at it and say, oh yeah, I recognize some themes here. Like you're drawn to pastels or you're drawn to bright colors or you love pattern or you know these outfits seem very feminine or they seem very boho or they seem a little bit edgy or maybe it's just eclectic and you like a lot of things. But by doing that exercise, that's gonna arm you with information when you do go out to buy pieces for yourself that you can start filling in the gaps. Maybe you add in something with a little bit of boho flair to it. And I feel like over time, our style can change. I even feel like, you know, one of the benefits of getting older is that you get to know yourself better. But for me, I was always locked into this space of, oh, I'm very preppy or, you know, this is like, that's my style. And I've been less afraid to try things over the years. And now one day I may wake up and throw on something really feminine and the next day something totally modern and edgy. And the day after that, something really boho feeling. So don't be afraid to play with personal style. It's, it's supposed to be fun. It's a way to express your creativity and your personality and, um, and I think that we should all just be having fun with it. Yeah. Who um, in the fashion world or even just like celebrity sphere do you relate to fashion wise? I would have to say probably Kate Middleton. I love so many things about her style. She is definitely very, you know, much in that preppy, classy, classic yeah. look category that I always gravitate toward. But the thing about her that I really love is that she does, she does high low so well. Like she'll yeah. wear something from H&M and then you know, she's, she mixes things up a lot. And I just love that about her style. Cause I feel like every woman can relate to that and we can actually buy the pieces that she's wearing as well. So I think that's super cool. It's so funny to me that you said Kate Middleton, cause I was going to say Meghan Markle. <laughs> I love so Meghan's style too. <laughs> so we're in the Royals. That's so funny. <laughs> oh man. Um, I love it. Um, any other, um, questions that you've been getting a lot lately or pain points that you've heard people talking about going into maybe, maybe let's hone in focusing, going on into the summer. Yes. Yes. One of the biggest pain points of summer is obviously exposure, right? A lot Mm -hmm. of women are comfortable in shorts. They're not comfortable in sleeveless tops. They're um, I feel like there's a lot of limiting beliefs around that, that we carry with us from, you know, our own assessments of body image issues or things that we, in messages that we got growing up, I deal with all of that. Like there, all of those voices are in my head. So Um, I have a lot of women who do come to me and say, it's hot, I'm uncomfortable, but I don't wear shorts or whatever the case may be. I don't wear dresses. Um, Wow. I think the biggest piece of advice I want to give women is that you have permission to dress the body that you have right now. You don't have to wait for a future number on the scale or, you know, to approve of what you're seeing in the mirror in order to be comfortable in your clothes. 
On the flip side of that, I do want you to feel confident and comfortable. And if wearing a pair of shorts just is not going to do it for you, then I totally understand that. But don't be afraid to give it another try. Um, it's, it's difficult to get out of our comfort zones, but it, I don't want you to get discouraged. Go to a bigger department store. If you want to try to wear shorts again, take a variety of lengths in mm-hmm. with you and styles. As you're going through your try-on session, take a selfie in the mirror of these different lengths and styles. I feel like a lot of women gravitate toward long shorts if they don't feel comfortable in them, when in reality, a shorter pair of shorts, like a five-inch short, may be more flattering. The Mm -hmm. selfie never lies. Take the picture, send it to a friend, um, and let them help you assess that. But Mm -hmm. I've brought so many women back around on that. They're like, you know what? (laughs) I'm wearing shorts again. Thank you so much. I wanted, you know, I... I'm just so proud of women being able to step out of the comfort zone and try some things that they think just aren't meant for them. And I feel like style is meant for everyone. So yeah. give it another try if that's something that's been a hang up for you in the summer months. I know sooner I was looking for shorts and you had posted about that, I think on your social media, the like shorts thing. I forgot what format. Was it a live? It was or probably, was it-, it was either a live or for real. I'm not sure. Okay. So I was in desperate need of shorts and I went to Abercrombie took in like every length. And some of them, I was like, yikes, (laughs) this is not going to work, but I found some great ones. You, I, I really, I would have been discouraged if I only tried the short ones on or like vice versa, I needed to kind of see the whole scope kind of like you said, and this is a little plug, not sponsored, but Abercrombie has great shorts right now. <laughs> they do. They really do. They're affordable. Yeah. They're good quality. Yes. I'm, I'm yeah. totally on board with that. I was at the outlets and I think it's their everyday price, 30 bucks at the outlets. Awesome. I know they're like, I don't know. They're maybe like 47 or something on the main website. Can you tell mm-hmm. I'm shopping? It's <laughs> <laughs> embarrassing the information you come out with sometimes. Um, Okay. Well, there are three questions that we ask all of our guests and I'd love to hear your, um, your answers to them as well. Um, what is something that you have eaten recently and loved? All right. This, so this may sound gross to some people. <laughs> no, oh, we've heard it okay. all. <laughs> all right. So I'm making salads for breakfast because I'm trying to get more greens in my diet, more fiber. And so I'm like, okay, what can I do? So I've been throwing arugula and like a base of arugula and putting my eggs on top of it in the morning. And I just did like a squeeze of lemon juice and a little bit of olive oil on the bed of arugula and then put the eggs on top. And it is so yummy. I'm craving it every single morning. Now I'm just like completely addicted to it. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. I, I can't do like a ton of savory in the morning. I think probably if I could learn to, I'm sure, but I have a, a really good friend that does salads for breakfast and I'm very happy for you. <laughs> See, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> no, all, all those flavors are my like total flavors, but like afternoon, you know, I'm a savory all day long person. I don't really okay. crave sweets very often. So it totally yeah. makes sense. Salt is my jam. Like give me yeah. the salt all day long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, as something you have found to be beautiful lately. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I think really like the seasons of life, honestly, this is going to sound kind of cheesy, but our youngest graduated on Sunday. So I'm like being super reflective and nostalgic and all the things right now. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was thinking back to when our kids were little and, um, and how a lot of moms would come to me and say, oh my gosh, like appreciate this so much because they're going to be grown up. They're going to be out of the Mm -hmm. house or they're going to turn into little monsters or they're going to be teenagers and all these things. But, um, I think that the beauty of being in this space in life and looking back on it is that mm-hmm. I'm realizing that I have just thoroughly enjoyed every age and stage. Our oldest is 26 now. We started very young. We have 
like two of her kids out of the house already. And I have just really enjoyed relating to them as adults too. So it's just, it's kind of, I I think it's hopeful. I want to share that with as many moms as possible. Like, yes, the little kid age is amazing and magical and all the things, but every age and stage Mm -hmm. has been just awesome. And I'm, Mm -hmm. I, I, while I'm a little bit sad that we're closing the chapter on the school years, like high school years, I'm also really excited about what's to come. So yeah. Wow. That is really beautiful. We've had a lot of guests kind of like in the younger kids stage. And so I love hearing the full, full scope. That's really yes. good. And hopeful. Like you said, that's a good word for it. Um, how about a gathering you've attended that made you feel a strong sense of belonging? And if you could pinpoint it, what it was that made you feel that way? Yeah. Yeah. So again, like the graduation party, we just had it on Sunday and um, we were the hosts, which we've been hosting a lot. We moved into a new house two years ago and we're like designated hosts for every family event, (laughs) which is great. I love it too. We're like, this is what we wanted. We wanted to move into this house to host. Um, But I think that the cool thing about it was it was, this was her family party. Last night we had the friend party, which was totally different, but um, just like my sister and I, like with tears in our eyes, talking about kind of it being the end of an era with Ava was our young, the youngest grandchild of the youngest of the kids in our family. And, um, the sense of belonging honestly comes from just having four generations here under one roof. And really, you know, wow. that's what it's all about at the end of the day and yeah. sitting around having casual conversations in our outdoor seating areas and just catching up on life. And, um, I don't know, it was just, I, I just felt like, I was really in my element on that day. Yeah, so, yeah. that's a treasure. Yeah, yes. four generations. Yeah, mm-hmm. my great grandma passed away a few years ago. She was 104, 106 when oh, she wow. passed away. So I actually got to have the four generations for a while, which so was cool. such a rare gift. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, where can people find you, follow you, all the things? Where do you want to yeah, send they them? Can- Absolutely. You can follow me on Instagram at Allison Lombatis, and you can also follow Alpha Formulas at Alpha Formulas Official or find out more at alphaformulas.com. We will attach all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much. This was such a unique conversation and I know so just applicable for so many of us. I know it's going to be inspiring. Thank you. This has been awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. See you next week, guys.